Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All right, all right, all right. Coming at you live from the Four Seasons Total Landscaping in Philadelphia, PA. It's the Chad and Cheese Podcast, a.k.a. HR's Most Dangerous. I'm your co-host, Joel Podcaster-Elect Cheeseman. This is Chad. We're peaking again. So wash. And on this week's show, Smart Recruiters gets a new pal, Hired loses a CEO, and Mexican presidents don't fuck around. Time to pay some bills. This beer is not going to buy itself, people. <laughs> Job Vibe, the leading end-to-end talent acquisition suite. Named a leader in ATS, recruitment marketing, CRM, and onboarding on G2. Kim B says Jobvite is a user-friendly, passionate enterprise team that takes care of you. Jolly good. Jeffrey R says candidates are constantly telling us we get it right compared to other orgs. Love that. Results driven by AI. Connections built by humans. Jobvite. Learn how you can evolve your TA function at jobvite.com. Love that. We'll accept that. Yes. Which brings us to our first shout out. Oh, Alex, Alex Trebek. Trebek. Yeah. Oh man. My wife is hurting right now. She she literally, I think uh, she would she would have left me for Alex Trebek in a heartbeat. Or now, Sean does, Connery. Or Sean Connery. Does, does she prefer the mustachioed Trebek or the Sans mustachioed Trebek? Do you like the mustache Trebek or the non mustache? Oh mustache. Uh, mustache. She likes the mustache. She likes the mustache. Okay. Okay. I like the cleaner look myself. I like the uh, the more distinguished, clean shorn Trebek, and yes, Sean Connery as well. Our second favorite Scott, next to uh, Adam Gordon. Yeah, and and, and maybe third next to uh, uh, Mel Gibson. Our our second favorite He's not Scott. A Scott. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you did play hard. Okay, I get it. Jesus. Gordon gets so mad about us an Australian playing a, a famous <laughs> Scott in history. But yes, two men that will be missed. I don't I don't know of any like celebrity guest host. It was always Trebek. Like the dude was the the Iron Man of game shows. Very impressive. Very impressive. Uh, I've got to say, I'm I am sad that this week, uh, and I know 
you are too, Joel, that uh, there are no listener questions. So I'd like to definitely on, uh, make sure that listeners understand that Joel loves to answer your questions. So uh, get some hard questions in here and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll ask Joel. He loves the the diversity and equity questions the most. Though. Don't be rude. Yeah, I love those. Love those. Uh, we allegedly have a new president here in America. The reign of terror from Orange Hitler is over. We're, we're hopeful. <laughs> anyway, so Biden and uh, Kamala Harris. Damn it, I always make that mistake. Kamala Harris, congratulations. Don't fuck it up. Does that mean that Nazi Barbie's not going to be on the TV anymore doing like press conferences? Nazi Barbie. That's yeah. nice. She has a nice leather skirt collection. I don't know. <laughs> that must be a subscription model that she's, uh, yeah. The Ava Braun uh, monthly subscription <laughs> wear set. <laughs> Oh, big shout out to Nick Livingston, CEO, founder over at Honet, who uh, mailed some bootleg bourbon balls. Did you get those yet? We'll accept that. Yes, yes, yes I did. Excellent. It's uh, I, I got to think because Nick is so square. He's so like by the rules that he wasn't going to ship alcohol for risk of like the feds showing up to his to his house. So he <laughs> he went with the balls, the bourbon balls. So thank you. Thank you, Nick. Also in the mail. Adzuna sent swag. Are you gonna Are you gonna go ahead and knock on the swag? Um, <laughs> um, no, it. You know, I'm a hard guy to fit. You know, I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big boy. I'm used to like getting XLs, and then I just give it to my wife or yes. my my son is now like a, a large. He'll he'll be the kid at school with like all these brands that no one knows of. Um, which I, I feel for him, but yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I could always use more water bottles, pens, and bottle openers and who, <laughs> who couldn't. Who well, I like that. Also, thanks to, uh, Adzuna for beer drop. And yesterday we had the beer drop tasting party and people, what is that? But we had Jennifer Shanahan, our first winner. She had about 20 beers that landed, dropped beer drop on yep. her, uh, on her front stoop. And uh, we had an hour beer tasting with Chad and Cheese and and some of the some of the dudes over at, at Adzuna. So we had a good time. So she had some one on one time with us. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Gonna have to ask Jennifer. It was good. It was that was fun. Like I, I think I think I speak for everyone who's stuck in sort of uh, Zoom business rut, only talking about you know sales leads and yeah. you know the bottom line and. And it was just nice to like, I think four, you know, eventually four of us were on this call, five of us. And it was just nice to hang out and have some beers and talk, you know, about everything from sports to weather to clothing to obviously we talked a little recruitment, but um, there's a void in my life, I think, of socializing in that way. And if Chad and Cheese can help fix that void, uh, that would be nice. But more on that later, maybe. That's right. Beerdrop.net, kids, because if you want uh, to receive, you know, a, a bunch of beer for free on your front doorstep, contactless, uh, and then uh, have a have a little tasting with Chad and Cheese, a uh, little little yeah. little one on two on one time, uh, then uh, <laughs> go go and register. And uh, I think we'll be uh, we'll be selecting November's winner a couple weeks. So there's okay. definitely time to get into the mix here for November. Yeah. Uh, give extra Thanksgiving if you're here in the States and you celebrate Thanksgiving uh, yes. in November. Unlike those those heathens in the north uh, Canada. <laughs> 
And Steven Rothberg also sporting the Chad and Cheese t-shirt. Look, at, You're looking good, boy. Chadcheese.com slash free. Uh, that's where you can get the free Chad and Cheese emissary.ai powered t-shirt. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, we are trying to make sure our listeners are getting beer, making COVID a little bit easier, getting Chad and Cheese t-shirts, making COVID a little bit easier. Yeah. Are we going to tell them about the new making COVID easier promotion? We sure can. But I do want to say, God damn it, Rothberg makes it into every show. And I'm going to make <laughs> sure he doesn't get in one of these weeks. Uh, anyway, Stephen, we love you. Go Vikings, right? Um, yes. Yeah, so we're super pumped at our latest giveaway. So if you're a bourbon drinker, you already know. If you're not, you need to learn uh, one of the most highly sought after bourbons in the world, Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve. This stuff is what 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 we've got is roughly twenty two hundred dollars per bottle, and per that's bottle, sort of re- people like per bottle. That's retail. Like you pick up this stuff on the black market, you're going to pay three, four, five <laughs> times that. All right, so. Who who of our sponsors did we first think of to to like back you know to like bankroll this thing? Robert Ruff. It was Robert Ruff at Sovereign. <laughs> we, we initially wanted to give one away. He's like, eh, why not two? And like throw in something else. So what we're doing is we're giving away one of two uh, bottles of of Pappies, and we're throwing in a Blanton's. Uh, exclusive Japanese red label bottle. This thing retails for about 500 bucks. Wow. That that's third place. Like, <laughs> you know, like bronze medal, my ass, give me some Blanton's uh, Japanese exclusive. So, so if you want this, this is really easy to, to remember. It's free pappy P A P P Y.com. Go to free Give us your info. Uh, we'll put your name in the hat to win one of two, Two thousand plus dollar bottles of Pappies, or if you're a loser, yeah, if you're the loser, you get third place a, a bottle of Blantons that you frankly cannot find in probably any liquor store in the U.S. Yeah, I, I'm drooling over the Blantons alone, but I got to give yeah. Robert big ups. He's always trying to up our bourbon game. And it was an automatic. It's like, let's talk to Robert about this. He's like, oh, hell yeah, Pappies, let's do it. So once again, Chad and Cheese giving away free t-shirts, mailing to you your front doorstep, beer front doorstep. Now, yep. Pappy Van Winkle. We have first, second, and third place. The Pappy Van Winkle is $2,200 a bottle. Jesus. Anyway, I, we're, we're really excited. Freepappy.com. Have you had Pappies before, actually, Chad? I have not. Have you? I have. When I was in Scottsdale, uh-huh. everyone's rich. Everyone's rich but me. Yes. Uh, we had some rich friends, and he had a bottle of Pappies, and it was quite nice. I can vouch for its its, uh, its high dollar value. I'd like to also give a shout out to Isabel Kent, who is trying to turn me to the rye side of whiskey. And uh, Isabel, yeah. as soon as I can get a COVID shot, it's on. It is on. We're going to do bourbon versus rye. We're going to enjoy it. <laughs> and it'll be hard to turn me to rye. I'm telling you that right now. But we're going to try this. Little little boss hog might switch you over to the rye stuff. Little <laughs> boss hog. Uh, shout out to vets. God damn it. Uh, Veterans Day in the U.S. was this week on Wednesday. Chad, our resident vet. Thank you for everybody. You who get a bunch did. of people say thank you for your service. Is that yes. is that what happened? Yeah, okay. yeah. Get a get a bunch of that. So <laughs> another shout out for me, uh, Jordan Elevens. 
Okay. We've both seen Back to the Future. Yeah. One, two, and three, right? Part three, we got the hoverboard. We got the self-lacing Nikes. Well, they're they're coming to fruition. Nike today announced the Jordan 11. This is a, it laces itself up with an app. You can change the colors, like the, the primary colors of the shoe. <laughs> I haven't seen this thing in action. I've only seen a picture but God damn it, Nike keeps hitting it out of the park. And damn it, if they're not making 2020 better, I want a pair of Jordan 11s, except they're retailing at $500 plus. So maybe <laughs> not this year. Uh, maybe no one will wear these things except you know the super, super cool uh, people with $500 to burn. But anyway, they'll eventually come down and, and be for dads. And they'll be like the Jordan 394 instead of the 11s and we'll be able to afford them that is ridiculous that is ridiculous i'm coming coming back to earth here for a minute so i'd like to give a shout out to cvs health who have announced that karen lynch will be elevated to ceo making her the 40th female ceo on the fortune 500 list lynch is currently the evp of uh, cvs health and president of Aetna, the insurance company that CVS bought in 2018. So uh, great to see that seat flip, per se, to to a female. Very, very nice. Uh, so if you like news, if you like these alerts and things oh, yeah. we're talking about on the show, you got to get Chad and Cheese in your pocket. Just text the letter CC to 833-799-0321. That's CC to 833-790321. Sponsored by our buddies at Emissary who provide text recruiting solutions. Now you can have us uh, buzzing in your pocket whenever a hot news story comes out about uh, recruiting or maybe if we're just giving away free bourbon, we'll let you know and you can sign up. That's always a good thing too. Uh, One event next week, November 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Friendly Mm -hmm. disclosure round three, baby. The topic is robots versus humans where my buddy Jim Stroud pleads his case on why robots, algorithms, and automation will never take over recruiting. And I get to play the Andrew Yang card until Jimmy's wrong and why him and everyone else needs to uh, get on board with universal basic income. So watch the socials and register. Do, do we have a, a tally? Is there a score card with you and Jim at this point? Like who's winning? Is there any kind of analytics around that? I don't think there's any analytics around opinion. Although if you watch, I mean, it's fairly simple. I win every time. <laughs> Okay, so events for me, uh, Recruiters Nation Live. This is Job Bites' uh, event that they normally have in beautiful San Francisco, California. Thanks to COVID, it is a virtual event. I'll be uh, I'll be doing a little ten minute presentation with a little bit of five five minute Q and A. So they understand that the low uh, you know the low attention spans that we get online, and uh, they're shrinking the time down. So it should be a nice little little. Uh, little spit and a little education for people at the RNL live online. It's December 10th, I believe. You can find out more at jobvite.com. We'll accept that. Yes. Topics. Smart Recruiters gets a new pal. Yes. It's dropped today. So we uh, we're, this is sort of breaking news for a lot of people. So it is uh, job pal chatbot solution uh, based out in Germany, Berlin, I believe. Um, and by the way, shout out to our boy, Bill Bormans. 
so Borman, I don't know if you remember from our Naughty or Nice show in December yeah. from uh, from Dallas, which uh-huh. I guess was outside of Canada, our last American uh, event. He talked about Job Pal as one of his nice uh, companies. So Bill kind of hit this this one out of the park. So Job Pal, uh, who had raised up to three million dollars in financing, is now a a, a native chatbot provider for smart recruiters who are calling this thing. Smart Pal, real creative, real creative. <laughs> so, so Smart Pal, native uh, native technology for for chatbot, uh, scheduling uh, interviews, etc., pre screening, all the good things chatbots do. Uh, obviously, from my perspective, this is the battle of the platforms. Just like Jobvite is buying up companies and iSims is buying up companies, yeah. Smart Recruiter is sort of that third player, that Dr. Pepper in the ATS game trying to be a, a one platform to rule them all. And Chatbot is obviously something uh, everyone is going to have to have. Um, I guess at a $3 million investment that JobPal was probably uh, snapped up um, a lot cheaper than some of the state uh, state engineered chatbots. So uh, from all from all points of view, this is a good good buy and probably a good price. I would think so, and I think that any this is this is going to be table stakes for any core platform. You have to have conversational AI slash chatbot RPA. This is going to have to be a part of it because you're going to have to provide a much better candidate experience. You're going to have to provide increased candidate conversions, uh, the automated interview scheduling piece. I mean, all those different pieces that conversational AI can provide is going to have to be table stakes for a core platform. And it was smart. I mean, JobPal was integrated or is integrated with Taleo, Workday, SAP, Avature, Mm -hmm. Cornerstone, and obviously Smart Recruiter. So if you take a look at the playbook and the way that we've seen startups get acquired, it's fairly simple. You focus, you you become very narrowly focused, unlike Alio, you become narrowly focused yeah. and you work on integrations that make sense for you. These are not all of the core p- platforms that are out there. These are the ones that they were focusing on and once they had clients who, uh, who were on. I guess the, the biggest question for me, though, Joel, is, you know, why JobPal and why not a smaller chatbot here in the U.S.? Well, obviously, very little was sort of shared on like price. And we don't, you know, yeah. I don't know the inner workings of JobPal. And I mean, $3 million is not a huge amount of money. That sounds like almost seed funding for a, an operation like this. Smart Recruiters tends to be a little bit more global focused than yeah. some other ATSs. So it doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me that they would look into Europe for for sort of uh, bargains to provide this technology. And again, like you said, I mean, the beauty of being an ATS and having a marketplace is you get to see engagement usage. Yeah. Uh, you get to see all the inner workings of a technology and then you decide like, Oh, this works pretty well. And it integrates with our ship pretty nicely. Um, let's do a deal. I mean, these global deals, I think are going to be more and more prevalent. I think, you know, States, the state companies buying only companies from the States is going to be less and less of a thing. You're going to see more companies cross pollinating, you know, from Australia and Europe and South America more and more. So I think this is a trend that we'll see more of. If you take a look at it, WhatsApp, WeChat, 
Facebook Messenger, most of the Eurasia conversational AI and RPA companies had to figure out multiple messaging platforms much faster due to the choices that candidates had for conversations in their normal daily life. So I personally believe conversational AI or chatbots or RPA companies from across the pond have an edge on American startups because right out of the gate, they have to focus on how do we how do we meet the market here in the US we've met the market one way for for the most part sms yeah being able to be a global player right out of the gate as a yeah. conversational ai platform i think in this siloed area of conversational ai that europe and asia they have an edge on the us yeah. Um, from a programmatic standpoint, I think, you know, or, or some of the other technologies, I think it swings back to the U.S., but in conversational AI, definitely, I think Eurasia has it. Yeah, I think one of the advantages of just sort of natively being from somewhere other than the U.S. Mm-hmm. is you tend to start companies thinking about other languages and cultures and how is this product going to fit into other other yeah. ecosystems, whereas yeah. we, we I think we tend to build stuff as English only. And then we sort of plug in, you know, other languages, you know, aside from that. So I do, I do agree that, that that is very important. Uh, and certainly something that, uh, people should recognize. I do, I do wonder, you mentioned SMS, where do you think conversational AI leaves the text recruits, the emissaries, sort of the one-to-one texting platforms? Do you think they're passe? Do you think they fit a certain niche? Maybe that hard to get, you know, professional, whereas AI or conversational stuff is more high frequency uh, recruiting. Where do you think those two coexist or, or do they? Yeah, I no, they do coexist. I think that when you're yeah. t- talking about having a market in the U.S., there's a lot of money and there are a lot of use cases, right? Mm-hmm. And SMS is one hell of a use case for here in the United States. That's an entirely different discussion in Europe. Right. Yep. Where there could be charging in some 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 countries charging per per text. Right. So that's why they use WhatsApp instead. So and I agree. I remember being at Monster and Monster creating a model and then trying to slam that exact same model into every country they went into and saying, no, it'll work. No, it'll work. They weren't looking at culture. They weren't looking yeah. at lifestyles. They weren't looking at how business was were actually done in those countries, they just tried to slam the U.S. version into it. And I think from the uh, job pals standpoint in this case, and many European companies, they have to automatically, as you said, out of the box, think of all these different countries, lifestyles, so on and so forth. So they do have an advantage in some cases. Yeah. Getting to people the way that they communicate and not email or email anymore so much is obviously important. And these platforms need to have that as a tool in the toolbox. Yes. And there was another acquisition. Yes. Another big one. Speaking of tools in the toolbox, we had one in the podcast world that you got pretty excited about. Yeah, Spotify acquires Megaphone, and this is a major acquisition. As we talk about content, I mean, if you're in this industry, you're in any industry, you're talking about content, and then you talk about, obviously, the different players in that content, and how does it how does it actually fit in? Well, in this case, when Spotify acquired Anchor, uh, Anchor.fm, a, another podcasting platform, everyone took notice because Spotify was obviously cementing themselves in podcast content. Then 
they upped the ante with the acquisition of Gimlet Media with podcasts like Homecoming, which turned into an Amazon original, yep. Sandra, Crime Town, and, and a ton of others. But uh, guess who Gimlet uses to host their podcasts? Is it? Megaphone. It could be megaphone. So this <laughs> this content acquisition play is bigger than the other two com- combined. First off, megaphone is a network podcasting platform, meaning unlike Anchor, who allows anyone on their platform, you have to be a legit podcaster in a legit podcast network, mm-hmm. which is weird because I I'm not sure we fit that. But megaphone has. Wall Street Journal podcast, Slate podcast, Disney podcast, Gimlet, we just talked about, Marvel yep. podcast, Viacom, CBS Interactive, and one of my favorite podcasts of all time, Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History. And that's just scraping the surface. So as we think about how we do our jobs here in the employment space and how we actually press content out there, how we become more genuine. Man, if you're not thinking about podcasting or at least aligning yourself with a podcast, you are way behind the fucking eight ball. Yeah. So this was a $235 million deal. So as excited as we were about Joe Rogan uh, for $100 million, (laughs) this this sort of dwarf that, you know, to me, I think in in addition to the content, uh, sort of the ad marketplace uh, that megaphone brought to the table was incredibly appealing uh, to Spotify, and you and I are old enough to remember when blogs uh, were born, right? When blogs yeah. became a thing, and and I speak from experience. Uh, the first ads on blogs were sort of these one twenty five by one twenty five banner ads uh, in the sidebar of your blog, or you'd have like a leaderboard or a skyscraper. And you'd, you'd go to a company and say, hey, do you want to sponsor my blog? And they'd give you banner creative and you tell them click throughs. And ultimately, that became what was Google's AdSense. So all these bloggers who didn't want to actually sell stuff just put a piece of code in their blog uh, yeah. from Google. And then Google started serving those ads and then paying them based on clicks and impressions eventually. And similar Similarly, podcasting is is sort of going through a similar evolution. So whereas, you know, now it's a lot of going to sponsors directly, um, a lot of podcasters don't want to do that shit, right? They just want to record their shit. And then if they can make some money, great. So Megaphone has a really cool sort of marketplace where as an advertiser, you know, you upload your your commercial, uh, you pick channels and and things that you want to make sure that your ad is, is placed on. So for Spotify to sort of create an automated podcasting AdSense, if you will, where podcasters can get paid more efficiently and companies can advertise in a more streamlined fashion, I think makes a whole lot of sense and probably will make uh, both Spotify and podcasters um, a lot of money. And don't forget, a lot of a lot of advertisers that used to spend money on things like conferences are going to be looking to new alternatives like podcasting. And if they can do that easily through the Spotify platform or Megaphone or however they build it, then that's a big win for, for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and Megaphone is the third platform we've actually been on. And luckily, we're with... Mm-hmm. Evergreen, so we can actually get on this platform, and it is fucking legit dynamic yep. uh, insertion of ads and those types of things. So I'm I'm really excited to see where this goes and how the Spotify brand actually takes us further. Right on.
Right on. Whether you're struggling to fill high-volume hourly roles or looking for long-term full-time talent, your recruiting toolkit needs to be lean and mean as you adjust with fewer resources, tighter budgets, and rapid hiring needs in a saturated and competitive market. Posting jobs shouldn't be a lengthy, risky, or fruitless process. You can count on Job AdX to be your force maximizer. Automate the details of your programmatic job ad distribution, candidate targeting, and budget management so you can focus your energy on the big picture and human aspects of recruiting top talent. Reach relevant candidates effortlessly across 200 sites in the U.S. and Canada. Simply upload a feed of your jobs and set your budget in less than five minutes. We do the rest. Getting an influx of applicants already that just aren't the right fit? JobAdX presents your jobs to targeted candidates based on their job preferences to get granular. Now your advertising spend can go towards more relevant candidates, not just more applicants. What's more, your JobAdX programmatic campaigns now reach the government job bank systems in over 30 states, giving you centralized access to the majority of active job seekers eager to get off of unemployment and get back to work. Send us a note today with your unique challenge to see how we can help you in the new state of recruiting. Make the next step forward and start your results-focused campaign now at JobAdX.com. That's J-O-B-A-D-X.com. Tale of two CEOs. This week, yeah. Um, so, yeah. so you got tipped off about hireds. CEO, we did a we did a shred on this. Mm-hmm. So, founded in 2012, these guys have raised 133 million or so dollars. Uh, Mihul Patel, who's who was the former CEO, came in in 2015, and he replaced uh, the then CEO and co-founder uh, Matt Mikovich, I believe is how you say his name. This to me is so. In, of the two that we have, this one to me is. Uh, the runway was shortening. Yes. When you, yes. when you, found, when you get founded in 2012, uh, you've got a six to, you know, eight, 10, if you're lucky time period to have a liquidation event, either go public or get sold and hired clearly is not on pace to do that. Obviously COVID was a, was a nice hiccup and all that. Um, but to me, this was simply the guy in there wasn't getting it done. They needed to to make a move. They have not named a replacement, as far as I know. If you go to their About Us page, it's still uh, Patel that's the CEO. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for a CEO job, call up Hired. They might uh, they might uh, give you an interview. Yeah, they're probably trying to save that salary. To be quite frank, uh, <laughs> yeah, it they received Series D in June of. 2018 i think it was like around 30 million or something like that and it looks like they've been on a steady downward trend of uh losing employees they're around 130 now so i I would predict that's going to continue and uh you see companies like this that uh they, they look really polished and they should they got a lot of fucking money yeah, these guys started uh, primarily as sort of a way to find tech folks. Right. And in 2012, it was really hard to find tech people. Um, you know, since that time, we have the evolution of GitHub. We have the evolution of of sourcing and finding pretty much anybody you want to find online. So, so they, in terms of trying to pivot and be some, you know, sort of an everything to everybody. I don't think they've ever really fit in. I mean, they should be a platform. They should have been uh, eventually evolving into a place where they were a central um, technology to provide uh, the ability to connect with all kinds of people around the world. And they have never really gotten out of, I think, where they started. Um, I don't think either, either one of us would claim to be an expert on hired and the, the the road that they've been on. But I think that their initial model has definitely faded in importance. 
because of technology and being able to find people online. Um, so, so good luck to them going yeah. forward. This should have been a tech staffing play. Totally. It should be yeah. stack overflow. It should have been oh, yeah. something more competitive than what they're doing, doing now. This should have been a yeah. play to automate for staffing to be able to increase margins. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their founder as well. Uh, I don't have his info in front of me, but he had been in some pretty high profile uh, companies there in Silicon Valley. So a little bit, little bit of it might've been, you know, someone without a core competency in employment, just coming along and saying, Hey, I can raise a lot of money. Um, I can help find tech people because we did it at my companies that I founded before. And we know that that usually doesn't end well, uncommon for a lot of people that come into our industry. Uh, now the second CEO that that has has left is a little bit near and dear to our hearts. So so High Q, the the Q Labs versus uh, LinkedIn drama continues. Um, I actually just got got a, an email back from from one of their uh, their execs saying that uh, everything is good, which I don't necessarily believe. Um, they're still in court over uh, LinkedIn at whether or not the Supreme Court takes it or not. I know they lost a recent battle in terms of antitrust. Uh, they tried to get um, LinkedIn to tie to antitrust cases, which I think the judge threw out. Um, we've sort of lost lost track of this because of, I don't know, just various reasons. But uh, their CEO, who we've actually interviewed, so if you want to go back into the uh, the archives, Mark Weidick has left as CEO. Uh, now, he is full-time now at a company called Simple Legal. I don't know if this is a case of just getting really tired from fighting an 800-pound gorilla called Microsoft's LinkedIn, it doesn't look good at the moment for for HiQ Labs. The hard part about any of these David and Goliath scenarios here in the United States yeah. is uh, that the one with the, the most money usually wins. Yeah. Uh, and that's the hard part. And as we try to talk about innovation, we try to talk about entrepreneurship, it's all really smoke and mirrors if a big company wants to come and drink your milkshake. It's just all there is to it. So as we, you know, like to talk about David and Goliath scenarios, it, for the most part, if you have more money, you are going to win, much like we saw with Prop 22. So yeah. I'm hoping because the SCOTUS, the SCOTUS decision was supposed to happen around October sometime. Obviously, that didn't happen. Yep. Uh, as this continues to get pushed off, Obviously, it's much harder for a smaller organization to, to continue to operate. Yep. Uh, so, you know, I, again, really, my, we're in there for high Q, hoping that SCOTUS can actually get a decision on this and we can at least uh, try to understand whether a person's information is their own or mm -hmm. if uh, Facebook and LinkedIn and all those other platforms actually own your shit. Yeah, look, these these big companies have armies of lawyers and their life, uh, their role in life is to crush anyone who doesn't have the resources to fight you. And that LinkedIn knew even if LinkedIn isn't right or win this court battle, they knew that if they just drag this shit out for years and years, that Q or any other startup wouldn't have the resources to fight them in a lengthy war. Um, and inevitably, Q is either going to go out of business um, and LinkedIn will win by default because there just won't be any case left to fight. And, and it, it's also really, uh, it's unfortunate that there's a lot of fear in these kinds of situations. So anyone who's looking, anyone who gets a cease and desist from LinkedIn um, is really going to think twice around, do we fight this or do we just shut the doors and go home or try to pivot somewhere else? The unfortunate truth is 
99.9% are going to just close the doors or try to pivot. I applaud Haikyuu, as I think you do as well, for even fighting the fight. We'll see how it ends up. Um, it's a real David and Goliath story. Um, but in the real world, Goliath, 99 out of 100 times, 999 out of 1,000 times wins this battle. And most of that time is just because of attrition. It's money. It's money. It's well, money. Ho- hopefully, s- we see something that's not running out of gas, and that's uh, women competing in the workplace. So Gold- Goldman Sachs study uh, actually shows companies with more women in management have outperformed their male-led peers. This is from yep. – Business Insider. So in a basket of 600 European stocks, companies with more female leadership saw their share price outperform on average by 2.5% a year Mm -hmm. compared with companies with less women leaders. Having a greater proportion of women in senior leadership positions is not just a diversity score to target, but is associated with lower cost of equity stronger share price performance and lower volatility of shares. Mm-hmm. The, the hard part about this is then as we talk about CVS seating number 40 of female CEOs, that's 8% of the fortune 500 CEO yeah. positions. When just here in the U S females comprise 51% of the population. Uh, and there's also another story that shows female led startups have been disproportionately low over uh, the years in actual funding. The number of unicorn private companies valued in excess of 1 billion headed by women have grown over five fold. Yeah. So even though these females are getting a lot less money and there are fewer of them, they're kicking ass and taking names on the startup front as well. So the big yeah. question is why why is there such such disparity? Um I tend not to focus on the disparity as I do the trend and everything is is going on the right side of history with this. So if you look at, uh, you know, I think it's 70 some percent of valedictorians in high school are females. Um, yeah. I think 56 percent of college graduates now are uh, females. We look at role models, whether it's the current vice president. Um, you know, the world is trending towards women um, and that's going to happen regardless. I don't know if COVID is is increasing the pace at which this is happening. Um, I guess time will tell on that. Um, but I just I think there are entrenched cultural uh, behaviors that are hard to crack. Um, but eventually they do crack and crumble. And females getting into into the business world in a big way and having influence in a big way. Um, I think it's indicative that that Europe um, is such a I guess a beacon for what's going on, whether it be in government or in corporate, uh, corporate life that women are taking such a, a, a forceful role and uh, important role in terms of how companies and governments are being shaped. Good old America tends to be behind trends like that, and this is no different. But I think eventually you know, that, that wall will crumble, the glass will break, 
Um, I think we're seeing it happen maybe too slow for most people, um, but it is happening. So the World Economic Forum projects it's going to take 257 years at our current rate to close the gender pay gap. So should females wait another 257 years to actually close the hiring gap? I mean, I appreciate adding three seats, I think three or four seats just this year, but that at that rate, that is not something that we can applaud or get behind. It, this has to happen at a fast rate. And to be quite frank, when we have 40 females that are uh, atop Fortune 500 companies, not one of them, zero are black females. So what this te- what is this telling our, our kids? What is this telling the rest of the world about us in America, again, beating our chest, saying we're so damn good at everything, but we can't even get equity done right. You know, uh, vote with your wallet. Buy from companies that that uh, that champion this movement. Um, and how we do that exactly, I don't know. I mean, obviously, the the pay gap that you that you referenced is real, um, and it's huge, um, and it's unfortunate. What's going to speed that up? I'm not an expert on that topic or how that that does. We've interviewed people that that think they know, but. Just giving money to a, a certain a certain segment of the population and, and saying start businesses is harder to do than say. Um, so it's a complex problem. Um, and I'm not sure either one of us are going to figure it out on an hour long podcast. Transparency is key. As soon as we can yeah. see the workforce composition and we can start to see the actual angles of those individuals who are getting promoted and also those wages, then everything becomes a hell of a lot more simple. It's complex because we don't have the information. We don't have the data. As soon as we have that, everybody, everything becomes crystal fucking clear. Amen. Well, speaking of data. Yes. Let's, let's hear from Sovereign and we'll talk about Mexico. You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser. But did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one-shot deal like all the others. No. With Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually, kind of fun. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. And hopefully that dinner has Mexican food on the menu because that's and my, my personal favorite. And Pappy, yeah. <laughs> Good luck finding finding a restaurant outside of Kentucky with Pappy on the, uh, in the bar. Uh, so it's good to know that the U.S. is not the only country uh, that's having issues with contract workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Prop 22 uh, last week with Uber and Lyft and others. Uh, Mexico has certain issues with, they call it outsourcing, which is essentially contract workers. Um, and the, uh, it's so bad that the Mexican president uh, is threatening to ban the whole thing, like no contract workers whatsoever. Um, now, companies are apparently really abusing uh, the shit in terms of uh, giving benefits and, and you know, annual pay, uh, pay commissions and, and, uh, and benefits. Uh, one company that is really scrutinized at the moment 
apparently laid off everybody that was a, a contract worker in November and then hired them all back in February. And the reason they did that was because they, they didn't want to pay them their annual sort of commission. Uh, so that's sort of what they're dealing with there. Obviously, uh, some serious pay issues in Mexico. Uh, the minimum wage there is $5.50 per day, uh, which is, yes, if you're doing the math, well under a dollar per hour. So anything Ooh. that screws the workers is uh, is a big, bad thing. And the Mexican president is hoping to, to change that around. Obviously, companies aren't too happy about it. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. So the Mexico's Employers Federation, a business group, said, uh, quote, this would have a great impact on the already seriously deteriorated economic situation and would mean the loss of considerable number of legitimate and properly paid jobs. So we see this exact kind of shit here in the U.S. where companies engineer excuses to pay people an incredibly low wage while their profit margins grow. So overall, the wage gap turns into a wage chasm and we relegate more humans to poverty. And the thing that I don't get is that, you know, we we only get one life, right? I mean, all of us, unless you believe in reincarnation, but we only get one life. And thinking about a family living in poverty in in Mexico or United States, while others are buying yachts and multiple homes. I mean, again, I think we really have to focus on our humanity overall and making sure that we are not leaving people behind, but yet we're giving them an opportunity to lift themselves up and not paying them substandard wages. And you can see that's exactly what's happening in Mexico as well. Workers of the world unite. I believe in reincarnation because I want to come back as my dog because he lives large. Chad, we We out. Thank you for listening to podcasts with Chad and Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We out. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.